Welcome to the Red Raven Games Podcast, episode 13. I'm Ryan Lockett, and I'm here with Brenna Asplund. And today, we're joined by a new member of our team, Andrew Frick. Yeah. How's it going, guys? We finally hey, followed good. through with our promise to kill the intern, uh, <laughs> and now he's been replaced. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we love Craig. No, we're, Craig is I'm alive I'm sure he'll well. be back. <laughs> so, yeah. How, how's it going, you guys? Pretty good. Yeah. yeah been great we've got a fancy new office that we've moved into yeah in the new Um, office now we are coming to you live from the new red raven games warehouse aka (laughs) my office it's just full of all the boxes yeah we have all these shelves up against the walls and they're fairly precarious we're trying to attach them to the walls so that when the big utah earthquake happens they won't kill brenna yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so andrew um Tell, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah. It's been an awesome experience to, to be kind of uh, able to come here and be part of the team. Um, I have a little bit of history in the games, you could say. I really, really am an enthusiast. I like games of all types, but uh, I've done some experience with retail and distribution up to this point, and I'm getting to try my hand now at a whole new side of the industry, and it's been a dream come true. I love it. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, with with Craig, we uh, often got a little bit derailed talking about video games, but now (laughs) Andrew's here to keep us on task, keep focused on the board games. That's true. Although we're all video game players, too. Yeah, we'll still get distracted (laughs) by video games. I'll I'll fill the quote of, if we need me to. Okay, got it, got it. (laughs) Yeah, so Andrew's worked, um, you know, he's been on the retail side, so he's done store managing, and he's done, you know, he's, he's worked in the distribution side as well. That's right. And so he's definitely been in, in a lot of different parts of the industry. And so it'll be, in a, you know, it'll be cool to have a different perspective. Um, so what games have you guys been playing? Well, I just started playing this, like, honestly, pretty old game called Divinity Original Sin. Oh, that, yeah, I've played that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's interesting because it's, it's so like pen and paper rpg in a video game yeah but all of the like stats and the building your characters and like is so like D. yeah but it has a it has a really interesting system because the game is really focused on wanting you to do co-op and work together with a party but it's still very much a role-playing game where you make like dialogue choices when talking to npcs but they have an interesting system for making dialogue choices with a co-op party where each person playing can make a decision say what they want to say to the person and then you basically have a little like rock paper scissors competition where if you have higher charisma you have a you have a bonus (laughs) to the to the rock paper scissors so if you have higher charisma you're more likely to be able to make the dialogue choice that you want right i i'm starting to remember this it's been years actually since i played it i remember it was kickstarted and then it came out and like everyone was saying it was amazing so i you know i bought it and i played for a long time i didn't beat it though yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it, I was very impressed by the game. Have, have you heard of that game? Yeah, have I have it on my wish list on Steam. So is it like a Baldur's Gate or Nicewind Dale? It's more along those lines, yeah. It's very much like a Western RPG. Yeah. Now, the thing I noticed, um, because I come from that background, you know, so I was expecting that game, but it's uh, all the battles are turn-based. 
So okay. what what happens is you'll you'll be wandering along, and then a, a monster you'll run into a monster, or the monster will see you, and as as soon as it sees you, um, time will stop, the real time will stop, and then it will start the battle, and then there you know it's there's sort of a grid that that. I guess you can't see the grid, can you? Or you can't, it's there, but it, yeah, you can't, you can't really see it. Yeah, you can't see the grid. It will affect because you have to you have to spend what are called action points to be able to do things. Oh yeah. So if you know if you're have a high speed, then you'll have more action points or something. So you'll be able to do more per turn. Each action you take takes a certain amount of action points. Once you run out of action points, your turn is over. It goes to the next person's oh, right. turn. Okay. Right. Right. It, am I wrong in thinking that sounds kind of like Fallout? Fallout back in the yeah. old day used to have kind of that something like that. Yeah, yeah, I've played through Fallout One, and it is like that. Although I found it to be more, it like it. There's, some, you know, definitely more complex. There's there are more options. Uh, one thing I noticed when I played the game, and this is maybe why I didn't continue, is mm-hmm. battles in that game take a long time. They are they are very. <laughs> Yeah. Very time consuming. Yeah, if you've ever played Final Fantasy Tactics, you know, those some sometimes those battles can take long and it was mm-hmm. it was similar oh, yeah. in this game. So what's interesting is like in a a Baldur's Gate or Icewind Dale style game, you can you really get through a lot because when you have that battle it doesn't take a long time. And so you cover a lot more ground, but in this game I found that you're in the same area for a long time because those battles take forever. And... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and there's like there's so many competing quest lines at once that you yeah. could be doing at one time it's it's a little unfocused and it's hard to decide you know well what do i do now i could go fight these people over in this cave or solve this murder mystery or yeah. help these people or figure out how to talk to animals or <laughs> it's very dense yeah there's a lot it's very dense there's a lot going on in a small place so that's cool well i just bought um dark souls 3 and i've been playing Ooh. that I'm a huge fan of that series, so I finally got to the last one. Nice. And I've been playing that. Uh, you know, among other board games, uh, one game I've been playing a lot recently is um, Legends of Andor. Um, that was one that uh, you recommended, yeah. Andrew. Yeah. yeah. Bought it at uh, Gen Con and have been s- slowly getting through it. We got to the third scenario and haven't been able to beat it yet so <laughs> yeah you know it's funny a little bit of history years ago at a, at a uh, salt con convention i remember playing and taking we tried our hand at that third mission i think we played four or five times yeah. in one day because certain missions it, it randomizes like what each uh, each character has to complete a mission and so you might get a really hard one and <laughs> It yeah. might be a really short game, so we found ourselves retrying it a lot. I yeah. like that one a lot because of the replayability. Yeah, that for, happened to us in the game. For a bit of background, if you if you are unfamiliar with it, Legends of Andor is a co-op board game that's sort of high fantasy themed. Right, right. So it has different scenarios, so that's what they're talking about. Yeah, and it's uh, illustrated and designed by uh, Michael Menzel. So he he did the whole thing. Which I admire. <laughs> yeah, he's the only person in the industry that's done that, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, who, who in their right mind would be an illustrator and a designer? Oh, that's yeah. way too much work. That is true. Actually, you can tell he put a ton of love and you know, time and effort into this system. And I just actually I bought the expansion uh, with the uh, 
the brand new one it has a ship and there's like a big sea and all these different islands and all these different creatures and there's as, as i'm gorgeous. looking at it oh it's gorgeous and i'm looking through it and i'm just like oh my gosh you know as an illustrator i know how much time all this stuff must have taken yeah yeah so yeah definitely a labor of love so that's 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 been cool have you had a chance to play that new expansion yet no we just punched it out i had my kids help me and we sort of went through it all and but no i haven't played it Nice. Yeah. So, um, what what have you been playing, Andrew? Well, I could go. I have a pretty long list, but I'll try to be really <laughs> short about it. So, you know, I'm a person who grew up kind of on podcasts. Last five or six years, I watched. I've listened to a lot of them, and I always love this section of listening to people talk about the games that they've played. And so, I'm so excited I get to share, <laughs> you know, some of this. But, yeah. um, so a little bit of my background. I love you know all types of board games. I think. It's hard for me to pinpoint if I'm a Euro gamer or if I'm a, you know, I like more of Ameritrash and fantasy and things like that. But I will say, I had a recent discussion about this, and I think I really gravitate to games that I find to be replayable. And it seems the thematic games sometimes have a bigger offering in that. And so, um, you know, for some board games, just this Saturday, I have a friend also named Ryan. He uh, and I, we learned the Arkham Horror card game, which is oh, yeah. a new living card game based on, like, the Lord of the Rings and then the Warhammer Quest living card game, or, or card game. It wasn't a living card game. Um, living right. card game being a term of a, a game that's expandable, month to month has new expansions, but is not collectible like in booster packs, like the format that Magic the Gathering would use. Right. Um, this was great. Oh, that's cool. Now, is, this is a co-op it card is, game? It is co-op. Okay. And out of the box, it's only playing for two players, so you got to buy two base sets if you want to do four-player right off the get-go. Hmm. But very quickly, I would think, like, you know, three to six months we'll have those extra expansions it'll be enough cards that players can then have you know multiple decks and then more than two can play we just had the two of us play and that was great and we had another uh, buddy come over and then we played uh wouldn't you know it we played legend of andor because <laughs> both ryan and uh and he had never played it before and he's fairly new to games in general and so we wanted to introduce him something that we thought he wouldn't feel overwhelmed, but something that would be co-op that we could kind of guide him through. And so we played the very first scenario. And it's funny because I love that game. I always want to teach it to people uh, in the hopes that I can play, you know, all the way through and, and have that experience. But we, we started it and I was so confident we we're going to get through. I've, it's like a bike, right? I've ridden yeah. through it, kind of mapped out the puzzle, so, so to speak. We totally lost. <laughs> the first scenario. The first scenario, which I should, that should never have happened, but we got over eager and we, we killed too many monsters. Oh. And then we realized our, our folly a little too late. Yeah. So. yeah, that was definitely something I noticed when we played the first scenario at uh, Gen Con, was that eventually we just had to give up trying to fight the monsters and just run for the objective as fast as we could. Like, if we... Get dis- I can see how getting distracted by fights would defeat yeah. you. Yeah, I had a great little perch as the archer, and I was just <laughs> picking off all the enemies as they passed by. Like Legolas. Like Legolas. Like I just taking them out. I was yeah. singing the music in my head from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting about that game, that killing the monsters moves the timer forward. Uh, yeah. So you sort of have to play it differently than other games it's like you can't. Like it. You can't decide that, you know, oh, I'm going to quickly kill the monsters and then go do something else because killing the monsters will take all your time. It forcibly moves the timer forward. Right, right. Yeah, that's right. And last but not least, uh, 
from the video game side, just so the listeners know that I also <laughs> that you're you know, also you're with it. I'm with. I'm worthy of you know. Yeah, of, uh, that I'm a gamer. Um, I uh, have on and off again played some Civilization Five. I know you guys mm-hmm. have been playing some Civilization Six, but I finally finished my first game of Civilization Five. I think I got a culture victory. I got the Utopia Project. Oh, I think nice. That's what it's called. And I didn't expect to do it that way. I was actually I thought the tech tree. If I got to the end of it and I got the uh, whatever it is like the, like a is spaceship there... or something, oh yeah yeah I thought mm-hmm. that was gonna going to end it, but instead what happened? I just kept seeing turn after turn. It kept repeating that same tech multiple times, and I was like, That's oh, hey, this isn't ending I the game. That was the victory. So yeah, no, you have to um, you have to complete certain projects now to beat the science victory, not just get to the end of the tech tree Uh, you have to actually like i'm not entirely sure what it is in five in six you have to you have to launch a satellite then you have to launch a moon landing then you have to launch three separate mars landers to go colonize mars and that's when you finally win the science victory and that'll be long after you made it to the end of the tech tree awesome okay Okay. that makes sense so it happened i got all these achievements it felt really good and now I'm debating if I want to jump into a second, yeah. because those are long games. Oh, they my are. Dad, my dad was just bragging to me over the weekend that he finally beat uh, Civilization Five on like the God difficulty oh, tier. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, nice. That's dedication. My dad is a serious Civilization player. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, that would be... I, If I put it like barely past like normal difficulty i always get crushed yeah absolutely so that's quite a feat Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's cool well um i wanted to sort of talk about maybe we should mention why we haven't done a podcast for such a long time oh probably (laughs) it's been a really uh busy time I, i i'll just mention a few things so we one thing was that we had to put some extra polish into near and far so we spent a lot of time um sort of just just making it better making it a better game and i thought you know i'm gonna put all my time into that and um we'll sort of leave the podcast for later just so we can get this game done as quickly as we can and and just make it the best thing as as we can and so that was uh why and i'm i'm not sure i'm not sure if we've mentioned it on the podcast before but the storybook for near and far in the end ended up being around 90,000 words, which is, you know, the the goal for National Novel Writing Month, which is this month right now, yeah. is to write 50,000 words in one month <laughs> to write a novel. Yeah. Ours was nearly twice that, just yeah. for the Near and Far wow. storybook. So, it's a big book. <laughs> so there was a, there was a lot uh, we wanted to do with polishing, like the game mechanics yeah. and uh, a lot of that stuff, but even just reading through and copy editing... And like making necessary changes too for balance, etc. The storybook is already massively time consuming because yeah. it's so long. Yeah. I mean, Near and Far was such a huge project. I, I think when I started, I actually expected to send the files to the printer sometime in July. You know, that was that was the, the original goal. I thought, right. oh, I'll be done by July. This should be fine. But uh, just kept going on and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that storybook really adds a level of complexity to the workload that uh, was difficult yeah absolutely right you know and i'll say it it was exciting and it was for me this was i was ecstatic to be able to come in at this time towards the tail end of this project and see 
kind of where it had been. Of course, you know, Brenna and you have seen so many iterations over that time <laughs> mm-hmm. of where it's been, but it was awesome to be able to see like where it was and now to see where it's come. I am just so excited. I don't know if it's okay to say that, but I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in I'm, love I'm with too. this new yeah. game and where, where it's coming from where it was. And, and I know when I was uh, getting to participate and observe some play testing, even from that point to now, it's exciting. Every step of this project and seeing where it's developed and where it's come along, I think, I think gamers out there, it's going to be worth the wait. I think they're <laughs> going to be really, really excited what they're going to see. Oh, good. Um, and it's funny because even at our show a few weeks ago, Brennan and I, we went to GTS. Yeah. And we had people there saying, where's near and far? Where is it? We're not going to leave you <laughs> we alone. We want to play it right now. We want to play it right now. So. But- it wasn't there. <laughs> we didn't bring it. <laughs> Do you want to talk about any of the details about the mechanical changes or? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll just, maybe we'll talk about one thing this time, which is, um, this is a small thing, but we, we ended up changing the, uh, the pack birds, the way the pack birds work and the treasures work. And this is part from feedback from playtesters and, um, you know, some comments from Andrew when he was here. So pack birds now, they, they, um, each pack bird holds uh, a treasure and right. that, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a comment that came out of play testing, um, which was, would, you know, which was cool that we were able to incorporate that. So, um, now when you complete, um, there's, there's sort of a goal. If you can get three pack birds and then, um, three treasures, then, uh, you'll get five points at the end of the game. So that's one, and there are many things like that in the game now, but that's just one of those things um, that you could focus on. So. Right, that's right. Yeah, and so, like, you, you know, that's pretty much the only way you can get the treasures now. Yeah. Is you have to have those pack birds, and once you have them, then it unlocks the slot, right. basically, right. to have right. the, the treasure. And so now, you know, that value, and of course, you know, your pack birds, they're loving creatures. You, they, <laughs> they're made to carry those those. Right, <laughs> they got to carry the the stuff you find, and yeah. so you have more more gadgets, more equipment. I mean, I and I I could also say we we went through those treasures again since we're speaking about treasures and revised um, a couple of the actually quite a few of the abilities. Now the abilities are more powerful than they were before. Um, they're more permanent abilities. Before the treasures, some of them were, a lot of the abilities were discard-based, so you it would give you a bonus, but you would have to discard the card. Now, none of them have that. Now they give you some kind of bonus for the entire game, which is, is, is cool. It definitely adds a new aspect to it. So You know, one other thing, if I may, yeah. uh, you know, about the new changes I really like a lot is uh, with the new artifacts, the drafting and the way that works, they're kind of separated now into two different decks. And so you have the more valuable, uh, how would you describe them? They're just more, they're more expensive, but they're... Yeah, like the more advanced ones. More advanced. And then there's a basic set. Yeah, that, yeah, talking about artifacts, yeah, there's now two decks. And so they're, it gives players more of an opportunity to customize their play style throughout the game. Right. And I really like, because you get a hand of five of these and you draft them. But before you do that, you get two... Of these more advanced ones to look at and then when you draft you're thinking well do these synergize maybe with these advanced ones or can i afford the cost of this based on what i'm getting from the draft and after you're done with that draft you then decide one of those two to keep and you don't have to keep either of them if you really don't want to but it sets you up with a strategy and i really like every game it's going to be very different because of that even right, right out the gate it's really neat yeah yeah 
But I should say we sent the files to the printer. They're at the printer, so we've we yep. we finally mm-hmm. reached that uh, that step, and we had uh, a celebration. <laughs> at least I did. Actually, I think I collapsed when I finally finished. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So a couple other things that are going on. Uh, I just got a new tablet, a new drawing tablet, which is it's huge. huge. Fancy. <laughs> yeah. It's I, so big. Oh, I love it so much. It, so before I was drawing on the tablet I was using, I wasn't using it as a screen. I was looking at another screen and drawing on the tablet. But this one is a screen. So I can draw straight onto the screen and I've already I've been using it like I'll be working on a card and I'm like oh I need a little icon and instead of having to you know get my tablet out and fix everything up I just you know pick up the pen and start drawing right on the card which is it's pretty cool (laughs) I'm I'm loving it yeah I think it'll I'm hoping it'll um you know it, it sort of gives me another um thing to get excited about you know when I'm doing the art it gives me a new thing to work on and I'm trying new ways of painting so it's important to sort of I've found with the things that when you when you get too used to doing something you sort of lose like the energy that you need to be creative and so when you sort of switch things up I think it helps you know I've heard people say that it's it's good to go home um to, to take different routes home like it's good for your brain you know, this, like home from work. Is this it? Is this the tip of the week? <laughs> no, not yet. Oh. Actually, go ahead. Let's this, do the tip of the week. It's the tip, tip, tip of the week. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Okay. Uh, here's the tip of the week. Two tips for the price of one this week. Yeah, First we had tip, a... change it up sometimes. <laughs> change it up. Go home a different way today. Yeah. Uh, even if it's a little bit longer. Okay, so the tip is to and andrew and i were talking about this a little bit earlier right think about player experience um when you're designing the game not just the game system and mechanics themselves so what you should ask yourself are is this are players enjoying the the action from turn to turn um you know i think a game might be really interesting mechanically but if it's not um, enjoyable from turn to turn maybe a player might uh, call it dry or you know they might get bored in the game and the next time they look at their game shelf they'll say um, no I don't, I don't want to play that one I'm going to play this one that was a little more exciting so yeah you know and, and, and the player experience also I think ties we've talked about this a few times about how theme meshes with mechanics right and, and imagine for a second so a lot of my friends their favorite game in the Red Raving uh, game library or ludography or whatever we want to call it <laughs> is above and below and if, if could you imagine above and below if it didn't have the storybook or didn't have the below encounters it would be a good game right it would yeah. be the euro game of the resource management but it wouldn't be nearly as memorable i mean it right you know it's definitely reading the stories and the fact that players get to read i think that the fact that players get to read to one another is a big part of it yeah mm-hmm. you know it's almost like you're, you're actors in a play. You get you suddenly get to do this new thing. Yeah, and and my friend Ryan, another shout out to him. He says when he plays it, uh, he they always name their characters and they tell a story. And every time they find a reward underground, they make sure that they tell a story of how that reward is found or what the reward is. Instead of just saying what the reward is, right. they infuse it with more story. And they say it's just the most fun experience and it's engaging and. It's super accessible to everyone they introduce it to, and that has been something that 
you know, I thought maybe next time I play it, I'm going to try that out because I like that. I like yeah. having a thematic experience. It, it creates fond memories and um, it definitely makes it more replayable to come back to. It, it, it transcends the mechanics alone. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, you know, I think this could go back to, you know, you think about what are the most popular or many of the most popular games. And then you think about maybe what their rating is on like board game geek. And it's almost never the same, you know, like, um, for example, settlers of Catan, it's a, a massively popular game and, and great game. And no, no, I enjoy the game, <laughs> right? No, I mean, a lot of people, I, I think a lot of gamers after a while you, you get to that point where it's like, oh, no, I don't like that game. You know, it's there's too much luck. It's yeah. too, but I think there's a reason it's so popular. Not you know, it's it, players really enjoy that trading aspect. There's like all this player interaction in the game, um, and you can think of other games. Uh, you know, like recently, Code Names. You can play with a huge group, and everyone can be involved. You know, and um, you know that's just something to think about. You know, I'm not trying to disparage. Um, you know heavy mechanical uh euro games for you know for example but uh you know the experience of playing the game did you did you have fun you know after some games will play and i'll ask that question at the end you know was this fun it's like no it, it was fulfilling in some way but it was i wasn't like jumping out of my seat you know <laughs> right. well, and i don't and i, I think it probably is possible to have that heavy like strategic euro game and still have it be fun from turn to turn oh yeah yeah i think so but that yeah that should be a focus in designing a game because that's what's going to keep people coming back to your game is how much fun they have with it right right right. yeah you know i keep thinking what what makes a great game you know for for a person is it can you say I can look at it, look at the game objectively and say, oh, this is a great game. It's a classic. It's you know because of mechanics and things like that, or is it great because I can keep coming back to it and I enjoy it and I'm having fun with that and it's a it's a it's a fun experience. I'm, I'm motivated right out the door. I don't have to like muster up the courage and the energy to sit down and open it up. I'm <laughs> the having, courage, yeah, to go through that big rule book. <laughs> big rule right? book. It's like 60 pages and I forgot it and it's my fourth time trying to play it and I still don't remember it. So I know I have to slog through the rule book if I want to enjoy it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that's going to be uh, the determining factor. I mean, in board game geek terms, you have the hotness, right? Which you're really excited about. And then I think you have your kind of like, your rating, you know, quote unquote, the what we rate as the greatest, the best games. But I'd like to see more of what are the most fun, what are the favorable games? You know, what are the games that people just keep coming back to because they just enjoy them yeah. time and time again? And maybe we're talking a little bit about replayability, right? Yeah. And that factor. Yeah, and of course, this all comes down to taste, of course. You yeah. know, to, a game is fun for one person and it won't be fun for another person. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> True. That's something to think about, too. Um, well, uh, I think we're going to leave. Oh, you have one more thing. We oh, have go ahead. something really important because I know someone who's related to you would kill you if we forget to mention this, but you just had a baby. Oh, of course. <laughs> that was another reason really for important. our hiatus. <laughs> yes. Actually, I was going to mention this. It's on my list here. Um, 
so yeah, so we had a baby, which is awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's our third. It's our third. It's a boy, um, and uh, it's been great. We've been trying to get sleep, but uh, you know that's difficult yeah. <laughs> at this yeah. phase. Um, but yeah, it's been really exciting. And what was it's funny because the baby was coming, and I had this goal in my mind: I have to finish near and far before the baby comes. And so I was working just late nights, like as hard as I could to try to get stuff done. And I was working so hard and working so hard. And I'm like, I'm almost there. I can see the end. And <laughs> that's when the baby came. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, maybe it was good. We spent a few days in the hospital and it gave me time to sort of cool down. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because when right at first, um, you know, brand new baby sleeps like 20 hours a day so oh, yeah that's right um that actually gave me some more time to to write it wasn't that difficult to to finish up some things because the baby was sleeping so much now the baby doesn't sleep that much so it's a lot harder <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but luckily i was able to finish the game with the new baby and it was a really exciting time but I should also say that um, if you've sent me emails or questions or anything like that, I, I just have to apologize because it's been so hectic with the new baby and uh, finishing the game and, and moving to this new office. And so I'm sorry if I haven't gotten back to you, but uh, that's my excuse. <laughs> yep, it's been it's been a busy but happy time here at Red Raven Games. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot of exciting changes and Yeah, great things to look forward and... to. Yeah, yeah we, we're working on a bunch of stuff, and we'll have more info soon. Yeah. So, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thank yeah. you, yeah. And, uh, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. We'll, uh, we'll start to do this more often now. I think our goal definitely is to do this weekly. That's what we were yeah. doing before. Yeah, absolutely. And we just took, like, a three-month uh, break. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say I'm taking over as the audio editor, so if, you know... There's fewer exciting musical cues. It's probably because uh, <laughs> I'm not quite as exciting as Craig that way. But I'll well. do my best to keep the quality standards high. And... Yeah, we support you, Brenda. We Thank yeah. You. I mean, everybody has their strengths, and Craig <laughs> definitely has a, a you know that that fun uh, element. But no, this will be good. This'll yeah. Be great. Mm -hmm. So, all right, everybody, have a good week. See yeah, you later. Otherwise, you can follow us on Twitter, at Red Raven Game, no S. Yep. <laughs> uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter, at Brenna underscore Asplund. I've recently gotten really into men's figure skating, so that's what a lot of my tweets have been about recently. <laughs> uh, do you want to plug your Twitter, Andrew? I don't know what my Twitter is to plug it, but I have a Twitter <laughs> now, and I'm learning to... to... <laughs> Keep an open mind about it, so uh, so we'll have yeah. more information about that soon. Um, and we do have a new website uh, that will be ready That's soon. Um, I want to ask um, if people have questions for us and you know things that we might try to answer here on the show. How would they go about doing that? They can either uh, tweet it at us at our account, or they can email me at Brenna at RedRavenGames.com, and I will organize and keep track of all those questions for the podcast. Yeah. Right. yeah, that would be great. I've even, I've got a few that came in during the hiatus that I promise we will get to in later weeks, even if we didn't answer them today, but I do still have them. Oh, cool. So. All right. 
Something to look forward to next yep. time. Mm-hmm. So don't think I've forgotten you. All right. All right. Take care. Have a good week. Bye. Go make a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. started officially right no, no. okay no. <laughs> so like, I'm like, like, although any of this here. is it's, it's gonna it's gonna be put into the oh i'm gonna put it in the, in the <laughs> highlight reel yeah.